Hello, friends. So I don't actually have a title for this one because I haven't thought through it. Not that I really think through any of these anyway, but <clears throat> I at least usually have some sort of thought and then some conclusion. But this episode, I don't have a conclusion. I just have a thought. Maybe we'll come up with one together. But I just read a tweet by um, Peter Soom. I hope I'm saying that right. Some Soom. Um, he's the reform guy. And yeah, really good guy. And so he's got this app reform. We use it and it's, you know, just whatever forms made easy kind of thing for landing pages and whatever you get it. So he, here's the tweet. He says headless forms and Hey, reform, like, <clears throat> you know, announcing this new thing. <clears throat> then he says, I spent way too much time on this stupid video. My wife told me not to use it, but a couple friends thought it was funny enough to post. So here you are my worst attempt at marketing ever laughy face. And then here's the video. So I watched the video and it's funny. It's him with no head, uh, explaining this headless forms thing. Um, and yeah, it's like, like clever and there, you know, there's a pleasant background. It doesn't look completely not professional. Um, and he's just describing the feature with no head. So just a headless person is describing this feature. And then there's like a, a little funny bit. Like he like goes to like pick his nose or itch his face or something. And you see his hand, but, you know, picking or itching, no head. So, <clears throat> you know, it's like a minute long. And I thought it was good. I'm watching this and I'm smiling. And I watched the whole thing just because I thought, like, this is this is cool. This is actually pretty cool. You know, I, I like this. Good job, Peter, you know. Um, so, yeah. And then so I sat there and I thought about it for a second after. And I thought, so I think, like, is so is this good enough to have just posted on its own? And I, I realized the difference. If he would have just posted this, I would have evaluated it from a different position. But because he qualified it with his wife told him not to, um, he's sort of like, he's expressing self-awareness that what he's posting is dorky. He spent way too much time on it. You know, that kind of thing. Because of that, I'm rooting for him because there's these, because there's some sort of endearing quality to that setup that you're rooting for him and you're not coming to this thinking like, all right, let's see, let's see if, if this thing is professional enough or quality enough. Instead, you're going, this is a thing he almost didn't post and he just is doing because he, he likes it and he doesn't care what people think. So here it is world, you know, and you're like, yeah, cool. Nice. I like it. I'm like, this is, I, w I remember thinking things as I'm watching it, like, this is cool. This is content. This is good marketing content, stuff that's unique and, you know, different and in that way and keeps you interested in a different way, not in a like, this is so high quality way in a like, there's some unique fun edge here. There's some fun, there's some soul, some character, right? But yeah, so the thing that I've, I'm thinking about is this, this difference um, between if he had published this as a, as his, as sort of, you know, as, I mean, obviously the opposite extreme is him being like somehow expressing that he thinks this is like the best thing that ever happened to marketing. And then you'd be like, uh, okay, that's, it's a little campy, like, and then you'd have some doubt, but, but I think the more realistic scenario is he just posts this without qualifying it. But okay. I'm saying all this to say that I think the reception of this was improved by him qualifying this, you know, bit with his own, so I'm just going to call it self-awareness. Um, and I thought like that, that's cool. And that's, that's an interesting little bit. 
And then I was thinking about my own life and ways this applies to me and marketing that I do and just things I do in life. And yeah, so I, I think there's like, okay, okay. Well, the thought that actually followed this was, okay, great. Then, you know, do stuff and be self-aware about it. But the problem is there's a certain amount of, of like, he gets one shot at this. It's not that he gets one shot, but it's like, he, you can't use this, this shtick or whatever too many times. You, you can't, you know, beat the dead horse. Um, because if you do, if everything he does, he starts saying this about, then you're like, nah, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm not here for it. I don't know. It just has that vibe. Um, and so it's like, how can you, how can you inject some amount of self-awareness in subtle ways where you're not overtly saying this is my worst attempt at marketing ever? Um, again, I don't think Peter did anything wrong. I think he did everything right. Um, I'm just thinking about the future. Like the next one he does, is he going to say these same things? No, but how can he still express some form of self-awareness? So I was just thinking of the importance of, or at least the tool that is injecting some amount of self-awareness uh, and like not taking yourself too seriously and being fun and jovial, that spirit, inject that into the things you do without being over the top or on the nose or just kind of whatever. Um, yeah, in like subtle ways. And there are there are lots of, I mean, there you can use like subtle language. Um, I don't know. So I was just thinking like, that's that's a thing like that I, that I, and I think this is something that I've just been drawn to in my life is this, this. I think back to like playing on stage at youth group events and church and camp and stuff. And I remember I would do things. Hmm. I can't remember a specific example. I bet I could have, I thought about it for a minute. I remember I would do things like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to even go way back. Okay. We'll stick with the guitar thing. <laughs> I remember doing things like, uh, I'm just going to sit for this because you know, so what, or something instead of standing or, or, Hey, you know, you walk up there and you're like, Hey, so my strap is dead and, and, or, or, you know, like it's almost, it's almost less stressful to have some, something go horribly wrong and then express to the audience that like some funny story about something going horribly wrong than being like, you know what, but we're just going to make it happen. We're just going to see what happens. You know, that was always so comforting to me as opposed to just walking up without any qualifiers and just performing because, because the audience and the other hand is on your side. And I think that's, it's a delicate balance because I think I've also talked on this show about an experience I had playing guitar on stage and it was really hot. And this was at a bar with a friend and it was so hot. I'm sure I've told this story here. Um, we're just sweating bullets, like not from nerves really. I mean, we're performing, but there's just so much sweat and it's like pouring in our eyes and I can't like see, like my eyes are like salt, you know? Um, and our armpits are sweaty and we're wearing like dress shirts. Um, and so I remember, you know, okay, okay, this is embarrassing. I'm up here. Sweat's just pouring everywhere. This is embarrassing. Okay. I'll get the audience on my side so that, so instead of them looking at me critically, they'll have empathy or they'll like be on my team. And so, so I said something about my sweat and I think I did that multiple times. Um, and, and then I got off stage or whatever on like in the intermission or whatever. And my dad pulled me aside and was just like, Hey, yeah. Okay. You're doing a great job. Whatever. Yeah. He's like, um, Oh, and hot tip. Uh, don't talk about your sweat. 
and you know just super directly and of course it like took me back and i immediately was like probably felt a little defensive or maybe embarrassed um, but that i took the tip and it stuck with me ever since and i try not to because that, that i think that's always the temptation you you go on stage and i think i've done this before but um but i've, I've learned it as as like a principle of mine is like don't go on stage and say oh my gosh i'm i'm so nervous for this talk or like i i hope x y you know because in some way wow this is such a deep topic because there's so many nuances to it every one of these examples is different in some way um where like being on stage and qualifying your talk with the fact that you're really nervous now you're actually like transmitting those nerves to your audience like i think that that's a difference is when you're saying you're nervous what you think you're doing is is winning the audience and get making them on your side and allowing them to pardon you some nervousness and and it just you just feel like it'll make you less nervous because you're connecting with them on a human level but what it actually does is now your audience is looking for your nervousness or aware of it at least and this can make you more nervous but they will feel vicariously nervous or at least i do i feel vicariously nervous when i'm watching somebody on stage who's nervous and tripping up I'm nervous for them and it is uncomfortable and it is not a good feeling. So you don't like, you don't, I don't like seeing that. I don't like watching that. I don't like feeling that. So don't pass your nerves on to your audience by qualifying it in an attempt to win them over on a human level. Um, but you know, that the sweat thing is not something that's just more of like a, something that, um, I wonder what the lesson there is, but I think the reason I did it was again, that reason I'm trying to win the audience over. I'm trying to, to get some amount of goodwill here of people to, instead of being critical of me to be like, like on my side, but what it's doing is drawing attention to something that is actually kind of gross and off putting. Um, you know, it's like, I mean, you see people sweat on stage all the time. And I think when somebody, if somebody says like, Oh my gosh, the sweat is so bad. It just makes you think that the sweat is bad where if you don't say anything, it's like they're performing and they're sweating. Like that's how it goes. You know, I don't know. I think my dad was just telling me that like, don't tell people gross things about your sweat, just perform and do well. You know, I don't know. I, I get the, I can't verbalize the lesson. I got the lesson clear as day. It's still a lesson in my mind. Um, but anyway, so yeah, those are some examples of like times when it's a, it's a, maybe what I'm saying, here's the bit is you stand to gain a lot by winning over your audience, whoever that may be. Um, and basically, yes. Okay. You, this is the big lesson is you want your audience on your side. You want the audience to root for you. That's what it is. I'm rooting for Peter when I'm watching this video. And there are lots of ways to accomplish this. Some amount of self-awareness is one way. Um, humor. There's, you know, there's ways to get the audience on your side and not critical of you, not coming from a position of, of being critical. And a lot of those ways are making, establishing a human level, empathetic connection where humanizing yourself so that the audience sort of sees you as yeah human and not somebody who needs to be criticized to the nth degree, somebody who they find endearing, a quality they find endearing. And there are ways to do that. And one of those ways is expressing self-awareness about some flaw that may otherwise be criticized. You're sort of disarming that criticism by expressing the fact that you're self-aware that something is worthy of being criticized, like 
a video that is, you know, kind of campy. Um, but because you've done that, then when they go to criticize that, they go, well, yeah, well, he said he knows it's cr- he's it's corny. He knows that. Like, that's that's the bit. Like, he just doesn't care. And he's so so they're not criticizing that. But OK, so that's the goal. The goal is to get the audience on your side. The way to do it. That's a subtle art um, is, you know, like I just said, there's there's, you know, a lot of ways to to, you know, humanize yourself and come across as, you know, um, I don't know, nice, or whatever, um, an object of people's sympathy or not even sympathy of affection of whatever comfortability. But then there's a lot of ways to overstep and a lot of ways to overdo it. And you can't be too forward. You can't be too on the nose. You can't seem desperate for it because all those things work against you. And you may have humanized yourself, but to such a degree that you have weakened yourself and people will prey on you. Um, yeah. So this is a tricky one. I don't really have like, you know, it all kind of mapped out, but I think we made some progress here. And I just, it was one of those things I had a thought and I knew there was some juice in there and I wanted to, I wanted to pour that juice out in your ears. And I'm sorry you you had to hear me say that to you. So see you later.